everybody. Welcome back to Before the Downbeat, a musical podcast. I am your lovely co-host, Mackenzie Horner, your fearless ginger, all-around loudest person in the room. And I'm once again joined by the Canadian B. Arthur director extraordinaire, the person who will be sick of me by the time we get to the end of March, Autumn Smith. Oh, Mackenzie Horner, I can never get sick of you. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. So we're here again today to talk about what I would say is the iconic family musical. The one that everybody either loves or loathes, depending on who you are. If you loathe this, I cannot be your friend. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Well, Autumn, in that case, why don't you tell us, what are we doing this week? Well, we are doing Annie. The sun will come out tomorrow, so you gotta hang on to Uh, I've been waiting for this one. It feels like forever. It is literally one of my favorite musicals. Um, Sometimes I don't even know why. Uh, It is. It's just a great musical. Is that why you chose it? Or is there a particular reason why you chose this music? I chose it because I there's a timelessness to it. Mm. And it's about hope mm-hmm. and optimism. It's about children teaching adults mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that tomorrow can be better. Yep. And it's smart. It's smart. It's sassy. Mm-hmm. And I have a very personal spot in my heart for this one. Have you ever directed a production of Annie? You know what? I have. And oh. we shouldn't talk about that one. Oh. Uh, it, it, yes, I have directed it. I would love to direct it again. Okay. I'll leave it at that. All right. Yes. Okay. So then Autumn, since this is your show, why don't you give us a brief plot description of what the heck is this musical for the one person under a rock who has not heard of the musical Annie. If you have not seen this musical in one of its iterations, I I pity you because it's very good. Uh, just go see it with children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking a drink. Um, it is a musical based on a popular comic strip called Little Orphan Annie. Mm-hmm. And it's about an orphan named Annie who is seeking out her parents and uh, gets caught up with this billionaire Daddy Warbucks, who is like a stock businessman, he wants to adopt a, um, not adopt, but like have an orphan come visit him. Good publicity. It's optics. It's all about optics. And she wins him over, but then really wants to find her own parents and he helps her and there's scandal 
and it all ends happily. So, <laughs> and it's best known for, you know, it's massive musical contribution tomorrow, mm -hmm. which we will talk about. Yes. Also, it's a hard knock life. Little girls. Uh, little girls. NYC. NYC. Oh, NYC, yes. So many great numbers oh, in this show. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, it's set during the Great Depression uh, in 1933. And, yeah, it, it says a lot about hope and how children pave the path forward, mm. which I think is a lesson that we need to come to all the time. And it's very timely that we're talking about this musical in the midst of our education crisis. Because if we only stopped and listened to children, uh, we would know what to do. Preach. Word. Mm -hmm. That's what I gotta say. All right. So then why don't we segue into our rundown of uh, the production team. Autumn, take it away. Who do we got? This oh, is one of our few episodes where we it's a, almost an entirely new cast yeah. of production people. We've talked a lot about Howl's and... Princes and Lloyd Webber's and, and Sontag's and, and Macintosh, uh, Rogers and Hammerstein's. Yep. But this is kind of a whole new production team that we haven't really touched on. It so is. who do we got? It is. Um, so <clears throat> we have Charles Strauss, who was the composer, mm -hmm. um, graduate of Eastman Music School. Uh, like he stuttered under, studied under the greats like um, Arthur Berger and Aaron Copeland. Okay. Aaron Copeland, one of my favorite American composers of all time. Got it, yeah. Um, his first big Broadway musical was Bye Bye Birdie. Which we will talk about on this podcast because yes. that is one of my favorite musicals. I love Bye Bye Birdie. I played Rosie when I was 18. I feel like that's there's a little bit of race bending in there. That it was not appropriate. It was not appropriate. Maybe we should take that. No, no, we own it. A lot um, of high schools it, will it do. Was, no, it was at the Oshawa Little Theater, but it was Oshawa. Yeah. And, uh, but you were a great Rosie, I'm sure. You, I, you would have made Cheetah proud. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, he also wrote um, uh, All American with Mel Brooks. Love Mel Brooks. Um, Once Upon... Um, An Actress? Oh, no, it, uh, that musical... Um, produced the standard Once Upon a Time, uh, which has been recorded by everyone. Okay. I don't know that, but no, when no, I'm no. away. Uh, Golden Boy, It's a Bird, It's Playing at Superman. One of the greatest um, flops in Broadway history. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then Applause. And then he went in um, to Annie, Annie Land. Which basically sealed his career. Yeah, but then after that, he... <sighs> He wrote one of my favorite musicals. Which is? Which closed after four performances and 18 previews, which was Rags. A show that we will, oh. that we briefly mentioned in Chess with did. Judy Kuhn. With Judy Kuhn. So and that'll be a show we'll have me have to get back to. You have to listen to this musical. Okay. I, for the life of me, do not know why it closed. Because it came out the same time as Les Mis. And well, we, and we already had one musical. With people in rags. I know. Singing. But it was, it was so good. Okay. Well, it was, it we'll definitely was have to so get back good. to this. Um, he wrote a slew of musical reviews. Um, 
And he did uh, music and lyrics for animated uh, series like Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Mm. Uh, he, his film scores include Bonnie and Clyde, um, The Night They Raided Minsky's All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> and uh, he also wrote the theme song for Those Were the Days. <gasps> One of my absolute favorite right? TV shows, All in the yeah. Family. Yeah. So, oh, so good. So good. He's written, um, he wrote Concerto America, which he composed in 2002 to commemorate 9-11. Okay. Um, it premiered at the Boston Pops. He wrote an opera, Nightingale, starring Sarah Brightman. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah. I mean, an all-round, you know. Amazing guy. Amazing, amazing artist. Mm-hmm. Um, on this, he collaborated with Martin Sharnan. Um, and Martin Sharnan, um, doo, 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 was one of the Jets in the original production of West Side Story. Uh, how funny is that? Talk about a six degrees of musical theater. Uh, he wrote music and lyrics for numerous off-Broadway and cabaret reviews, like, um, uh, many of them for Julius Monk. And then he went on to do a nightclub actor, Dion Warwick. Uh, which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to go. Um, what else did he do? Like, he's just a lot of different things. He worked with Danny Kaye. Was there another big musical he did besides Annie, or is Charnett's kind of big show Annie, and that's yeah, kind I of think, it? I think Annie was his big one. Okay. Um, let me just, I'm just going through my notes. They're quite extensive this week. Uh, he, <laughs> he directed the National Lampoon show, oh. which was uh, like SNL performers. So yeah. John Belushi, Gilda Radner. Chevy Chase. Uh, and then he wrote, he did um, Annie with mm-hmm. uh, at the good speed. So okay. um, that was his, that was his big claim to fame. He did. I remember mama as well. Don't know which that. Was, oh, it's good. It's good. With Richard Rogers. Okay. Um, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful one. Um, and those are his big, those are his big ones. Okay. Um, and then, I'm just going through it. Uh, Meehan was an American playwright, Thomas Edward Meehan. Right. He wrote the book for the musicals, ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Ready for this. Annie. Okay. The Producers. Oh. And Hairspray. Three of the biggest musicals of our time. Excuse me. I sneezed. Um, he also wrote, um, so those were the books for those musicals. He also wrote the book for the musical Young Frankenstein and Cry Baby. Oh my goodness. And he wrote the books for Elf the Musical and Limelight, the story of Charlie Chaplin. He this is like going. Um, How many Tonys? Three times he has won the Tony for best book of a musical. I can see why. Yeah. Like, think about it. Hairspray producers. Producers and Hairspray. Like, those are huge shows. Yeah. Like, we need to get him to come, like, like, rewrite the books for a few of those other musicals, like Titanic. Yeah. You probably could do something with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Probably. Autumn's giving me the look of never bring up that musical again. He's getting the death stare. (laughs) Um, so, musical director Peter Howard, choreographer uh, Peter Gennaro, uh, rounds out that. Peter Gennaro, what else has he done? That sounds like really familiar. I, don't know, I couldn't find much okay. on these uh, other guys on these friends. The two Peets. The two Peets. Um, but I believe that uh, Sharnan mm-hmm. also directed the original. 
Uh, we will find out when, I, when we get to my notes. I believe you are right, though. Hi, uh, yes. yes. Charn, Martin Charn also directed the, the... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. that it for the team? That's it. Well, uh, you know, I it would be very amiss for me not to mention Andrea McArdle. We will get to her. Yeah, Andrea McArdle, the original Annie. Annie. Um, Who's come back to do cameos in the other film adaptations, including the one with Victor Garber and Kathy Bates. She's amazing. Amazing. (laughs) She is. We'll we'll get into Andrea McArdle. Yes. Okay. Okay. Give her up, Mac. All right. So this whole experience started when Charnam first approached Meehan to write the book of uh, of a musical all about Little Orphan Annie in 1972. Mm. Meehan knew nothing about the subject, so he went to research by rereading all the prints of the comic strip, but was unable to find any satisfactory material for the musical. And so he decided to write his own story based off the characters. He was like, nothing in the source material? All right, I'll take the characters and we'll... Stick them in my own story. So as the writers were all from New York, they saw the effect the Nixon era uh, slash Watergate scandal had on the city and on the nation as a whole. And they saw how that reflected the attitude uh, 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 of this musical that was set during the Depression. So that's mm-hmm. why they moved it there. Because in the 70s, it was a grungy time in New York. Times Square was seedy. Broadway oh, yeah. was dying. And, um, and basically they were like, oh, look at that. We got some parallels here in history. So that's why it's set in the depression when, when, or when the comics were not, the comics were not set during the depression. They were we'll set. probably do it again. Probably. So relevant. Absolutely. Um, the inspiration for the story Charnam found was with the musical Oliver and, mm-hmm. uh, and the plot was inspired by Charles Dickens with the concept of orphans and the hunt for Annie's parents. So when we talked about a pre, in a, one of our previous episodes, we mentioned that Dickens was going to pop up this season and you want to know where that's where Dickens comes up. He was the inspiration for the musical Annie. He, his plot, it's about orphans and, and parents came from Dickens. So there you go. Ha, interesting. Mm-hmm. I forget what episode we talked about that, but I think, I think it could be in chess or, or um, Oklahoma, one of the two. We talked about Dickens, and so there you go. That is the answer to that question. Hmm. Uh, the musical premiered to an enwrapped audience at the Godspeed Opera House in Connecticut. Uh, it was during the Edittown trials that actress Audra, um, um, Andrea McArdle mm-hmm. uh, went from playing Pepper, one of the orphans, to being Annie after the producers felt the current Annie at the time was too nice to be the rough and tumble Let's Annie. Let's just stop for a second. Okay. Pepper is not just one of the orphans. Pepper is the orphan. <laughs> I don't know. I, I love Molly. Oh, no. She's too young. She doesn't get it. Well, that's the cute part. It's not cute being an orphan, Mac. <laughs> it's hard work. It's a hard knock life. Why, why anybody would want to be an orphan, I'll never know. I'll never know. As the great Miss Hannigan says. That's right. Um, so what happened there was when they needed to swap the actresses, uh, this actress instead became the understudy for McArdle, uh, who took on the title role. Uh, during out-of-town tryouts, the producers turned to Charnin and me and, and the rest of the team and said, listen, audiences are loving it, but don't stop working on it. So just like Rogers and Hammerstein with Oklahoma, where they just yeah. refined and fixed and edited, they did the same thing with Annie. So even though it was a hit out of town, they just kept fixing and fixing and fixing because why not? 
Uh, the musical opened in April uh, on the 21st in, in 1997, or sorry, 1977, uh, at the Alvin Theater, now the Neil Simon Theater. And the production start um, Andrea McCardle as Annie, Reed Shelton as Daddy Warbucks, Dorothy Loudon as Miss Hannigan, mm-hmm, and uh, Sandy uh, Frasian as Grace Farrell. About uh, uh, Dorothy Loudon, she was notorious for not liking children in real life. And she actually told a little McArdle in rehearsal saying, if you steal my joke, I'll beat you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a reason That's why great. they had such great chemistry on stage just because <sighs> Dorothy Loudon was just playing off her real distaste for having to work with children That's, and animals. I, don't work with kids <laughs> or dogs. Basically. Um, uh, the show right. itself was nominated for 11 Tony Awards and won seven, seven, including Best Musical, Best Book, Best Score, and Best Actress for Dorothy Loudon, who beat Andrew McArdle, who was also nominated for Best Lead Actress. Which is kind of <laughs> astounding. It's, a, it's, it's almost like a twist of the knife towards McArdle, where like Dorothy Loudon just is like, ha ha, I beat you with the Tony now. Uh, <laughs> this is why I don't work with children. Exactly. Um... Uh, interesting had andrea mccardle won it oh can you imagine would she have been younger than daisy egan when daisy egan won she might have she Uh, might have that's a math question that i do not know the answer to unseating Mm -hmm. unseating of daisy egan fascinating um the show would eventually close on january 2nd 1983 after a total of 2,377 performances. So a definite hit that has continued to make yeah. the Schuberts uh, as well as the creators quite a bit of money. Oh, yeah. uh, this show is very memorable for many notable replacements mm-hmm. who have come into this show. Uh, and that includes Sarah Jessica Parker of, uh, yes, of Sex and the City fame, who came on as Annie, uh, Allison, Will, uh, or, sorry, Allison Smith of West Wing fame, came on to play Annie and Sarah Highland of modern family got her equity card after playing Annie on, no on, on stage. And here's another really fun uh, twist for you. One of the most notable replacements for Miss Hannigan was June Havoc's sister, Gypsy Rose Lee. No. Yes. You're joking. She was one of the first replacements for Miss Hannigan after Dorothy, Dorothy Loudon left the show. You're joking. Mm-mm. That just made this so much better. Right? And then you had a really interesting movie version of it. Well, we're getting to that now. Okay. So uh it's gone on to have to be one of the most to be one of the most produced productions. Uh in 2012, it was estimated that Annie is produced 700 to 90 to 900 times per year. Throughout the United States, so quite popular. Wow. The show was revived. The show was revived in nineteen ninety seven and twenty twelve. It has three different film versions, which include the nineteen eighty two film starring the fantastic Carol Burnett, uh, Tim Curry, and uh, Bernadette Peters. Uh, um, how dreamy is that? Yeah. And um, uh, wait a second. What? Oh, his name is going to. Oh, Daddy Warbucks. Yes, was. Hold he just please. passed away. Did he? Mm-hmm. No. Yes. But, okay, hold on. Okay, you look up his name. Okay, we, we're going to find his name. Hold on. Dramatic pause. Please. 
Um, it was Albert Finney. Yes, and he just passed away. Oh, oh, that's so sad. And ranking. Yeah, as Grace Farrell. Yeah, and who was Annie in the film um, version? Was Aileen Quinn. Yes. And one no, here's my fun fact. Okay, for the day. go. When I was nine, mm-hmm. I um like the film had just come out. I hadn't seen the film. Right. Or I had just seen the film. And I went to a dance competition in Los Angeles. And who was in my tap master class standing next to me but Aileen Quinn? Oh! I know. Six degrees of uh, of Kevin Bacon. She would have just finished shooting it because I was nine. Right. So Nine at the time. Okay. And, yeah. So it hadn't come out yet. So she still wasn't big. Meeting her and saying, "Oh, what do you do?" And she said, "Oh, I, I was just in the movie Annie." And I'm like, "No way! How are you all there in Los Angeles? Like, I still um, don't get how you got all the way up there." I well, I was a prolific um, little dancer. I danced my way through many, many states and provinces. Interesting. And yeah, there was a dance competition. And my, both my brother and I were dancers at that time, so we went and we did this dancing, and we won. It was great. And do you know who gave us our prize? Who? Because it comes back to hairspray. Who? John Travolta. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. You're kind of. You guys were kind of like uh, June, uh, 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 June and Louise from Gypsy. We just were June and Louise. Ro- just road showing it. I. But and I, I don't know who was the back of the cow between the I, two of you. I was probably the back of the cow. <laughs> Boys always get more attention in the mm. dance world. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's my exciting, but that film version. Of 1982 is iconic. I grew up with it. I loved it. I loved, I loved watching Carol Burnett as a child. She was a hoot as Miss Hannigan. Oh, she's, did you ever watch her show, the Carol Burnett show? Oh yeah, absolutely. With Tim Conway. The dentist sketch is still one of my favorites or the mama uh, sketch where, where, um, what's her name? Tim Conway. Yeah. One of my favorite. You should read her uh, autobiography. She did all about her time on the show. I have it. I'll lend it to you. Okay. Um, But Uh, I will say the 1982 is not my favorite. It's not my favorite film version of this saga. Well, it has some weird things in it. It it, it doesn't it make it, the, it, 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 it it's really weird in in the way in the way that it's I mean it's not weird, but they kind of took it and they kind of expanded on it, making it a bit of a bigger uh story and didn't really stick to the stage show as much. So Well, they put extra characters in from yeah, the, the co- comic. From the comic. Like there's the weird yeah. butler character that's there. That's a little yeah, bit now racist. The security guard. Yeah, yeah, the security guard guy. Yes. The the I, I forget his name. Him. Yeah, but um, there's a and then they have a chase up the uh, bridge and oh yeah, it was, it's a it's a yeah, whole thing. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, but Albert Finney, who played Warbucks, is one of my I, favorite well, actors of all time. We'll we'll, we'll we'll get into the president scene, but I do love when the president Roosevelt shows key changing. You see Albert Finney's face just giving him the the the, the, the B Arthur side look. Well, after talking about The Crown yes, uh, uh, on several episodes now, because it's so good, mm-hmm. um, he played Winston Churchill oh. and won... Um, An Oscar or, no, or uh, Emmy? A, like a TV movie? Emmy, yeah. For, it was called The Gathering Storm. And, oh, oh yes. God, he was genius. Okay. He was, him and Lithgow, like, they're both so good. Mm. I would love to see John Lithgow play Daniel Warwick. 
<laughs> oh my god, please no. Why? He'd be great. He'd be a better President Roosevelt than Annie than a Daddy Warbucks. Mm. He's too old now. He's too old, and it, it'd just be creepy. I don't know. He'd be creepy. Either way, I don't know. point being, uh, that's the 1982 version. The my favorite version of the of the films is the 1999 version directed by Rob Marshall, starring Kathy Bates as Miss Hannigan, Victor Garber, Canadian legend, as Daddy Warbucks. Audra uh, McDonald as Grace Farrell. I cannot love that. Alan Cumming uh, as Rooster and the fantastic Christian Chenoweth as um, Lily St. Regis and a whole bunch of Disney stars like Sarah Hyland when she was like six years old playing Molly. Oh, really? Yeah. It was this great TV uh, movie they did where it was like the wonderful world of Disney presents musicals. So they did that. They did Music Man with Matthew Broderick and Christian Chenoweth. It Which was, was filmed in Millbrook. Yes. So, but this is this was the far superior uh, film they did. And it was what got Rob Marshall the chance to direct Chicago. Uh, really? Because it was the film they kind of went, oh, he can do musicals on film. Oh. Uh, but this is a fantastic version that sticks very close to the stage show. And the cast is just fantastic. Like, it is A-plus casting for this little Disney TV film version of Annie. So, fantastic. And then, of course, you... have to watch it. I, I've sent the link to you twice. <laughs> Man, people, friends, we're going to talk about this in an upcoming episode, about what we have to do as artists, but I just haven't had time. <laughs> I just have not had time. Fair enough. I have watched the newest version of this. Okay, that's the last version we're getting to, which is the notoriously awful Jamie Foxx and Cameron Diaz techno version, which I hated. I don't don't know if it's awful. It's awful. They destroyed little girls. They took away Easy Street and made it into this... uh, I know. They took away Rooster and Lily. Like They just made it awful. But I don't know. It's awful. I I hate it. I hate it. It could have been so good. And it's just... Ugh. I hate it's it. It's Annie I hate. for a modern age. It's so no. Great. They just they butchered it. Will Smith produced this thing, and it was well. First of all, it started out as a nepotism project for his daughter after she did Whip It. That hair, oh, whip my hair back and forth, whip my hair back and forth. That's what the, that's what he started it as. Mm. He wanted to star vehicle for his daughter, and his daughter was like, "No, I'm not doing it." So they're like, "Okay, let's do something else." Um oh. and. Oh, it's just awful. The adaptation is awful. Like, like the whole. I think. I, 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 I think I'm gonna like it here. Which in on which is supposed to be this big great production number, but yet it's done with a smart house. So it's like there's no one here to welcome you. It's just you and Grace Farrell. Yeah, that's true. It's and oh and 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 like you say, Russell Crowe is bad in Les Mis. Cameron Diaz destroys the wonderful character Miss Hannigan. With that stupid techno version of little girls, that's just—I okay. hate it, Autumn. Okay. I hate it. I hate My it. My kids loved it. Well, good for them. <laughs> you need to show them the 1999 version because that one will blow they them away. They also love. They also love the other version, the Aileen Quinn. Okay, the, good. At least they like that version with Carol Burnett. But it's like, oh, I hate that. For, like that. Like it's those types of movies. That have no redeeming qualities and kill uh, movie musicals dead, which is why we don't get them they, more often. I don't know. There was something about it. There it was, was a financial something. flop, which makes studios go, these films don't make money. I know. Which is why then you don't get films like Wicked or Parade or Sunday at Sunset Boulevard because studios go, we are not going to invest in this. 
And it's because some stupid producer gets in there and screws it up with a great product like, like bring any to the modern age, but don't make it techno. Just stick so with the classic Will music. Smith. Don't produce anything anymore. This is the lesson. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Max Rant uh, about his hatred for 19, 2014 uh, Annie. And I was yes. hopeful. That first trailer with... Your I, daughter was fine. She I wasn't in it. daughter... Was that? No, she wasn't in the movie. I thought she was. No. She, no, 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 no. She told her dad no. It was um, Oscar nominee uh, <laughs> Quainvaline Wallace who did it in you her, 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 her version Annie of Tomorrow... Yeah, she was great, but the rest of the movie was a stinker if there ever was one. So don't do star vehicles for your children. No. Friends, it doesn't work. No. Ever. No. It's like directing your own writing. Yeah, no, don't do it. Don't do it, people. Please refrain. Don't do it. I have no perspective Mm -hmm. anymore. Now, I also have one more bit of production history for you. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the few musicals that spawned a sequel. Oh. Titled Annie 2, Miss Hannigan's Revenge. And it opened at the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington, D.C. in December 1989 to universally disastrous mm-hmm. reviews. Extensive reworking of the script and score proved futile, and the project was ended before reaching Broadway. However, in 1993, a second attempt with a different plot and score titled Annie Warbucks was developed in a workshop at the Godspeed Opera House under the direction of Michael P. Price, and which is where the original Annie o- uh, did its world premiere in 1976, and, it's, and, it, and it subsequently opened off-Broadway's, uh, at, at the Off-Broadway Variety Arts Theater and ran for 200 performances. So they have a better ending to that. Um, but raise your hand, uh, friends, if you've ever heard of these musicals. <laughs> I think, Autumn, that should be your next musical, direct Annie to Miss Hannigan's Revenge. No, 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 I decline. I, like, I decline. Unfortunately, mu- musical sequels. Up there with me directing Titanic. Mm-hmm. So we know how I feel about that. <laughs> unfortunately, no. yeah, musical sequels just don't do well. Like you had Bring Back Birdie, which was a sequel to Bye Bye Birdie. No, these things did not happen. They did. There was a, there was a sequel to Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, Lord. That was called Bring Back Birdie, and it Stop. failed miserably. So musical sequels don't work, people. Musicals work in their time and place. It, or like Love Never Dies with Phantom, another flop sequel. That whole Love Never Dies was stolen music from Beautiful Game. I know. Which was a part that was a good musical. Yeah, don't do it. Don't, don't do musical sequels, people. Just like, let them live on their own. hardly any film sequels work. So they only work if they're brand new... Or, or if they're intended to be a sequel in the first place, like a Lord of the Rings or a Harry Potter yeah. that is set up that Those way. Those are all books, like all new uh, things happening. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. not just rehashing. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't do it. Yeah, Please don't, don't do, do it. it. Very bad. Mm-hmm. Very bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Autumn, uh, where does your first experience with this musical oh. begin? Where does it date back to? Clearly you met the film Annie. Yes, I watched the film Annie when like when it first came yeah. out. Because, you know, Aileen Quinn and I were besties by that Apparently. Uh, we're going to have coffee really, after this, not right? Really. We're going to have coffee. I'm blind all day to have coffee with Aileen Quinn. Uh, no, but that was fun. It was like, it was as a kid, it's like, oh my God, I'm meeting the Annie. It was so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, like... It was just part of my childhood. And then 
Um, I got to be in it. Oshawa Little Theatre did mm-hmm. it when I was 12. Yeah. Was 12? Yeah, I was 12. Were you Pepper? I can see you as a Pepper. I was Pepper. I can see you as a Pepper. I was Pepper. I'm uh, uh, waiting to reprise that role. Um, Peter Hinton. Um, in your encore performance. Um, if you are listening, we are going to do this. I want to be Pepper in your version. <laughs> I'm expecting great things. Um, I'm in it. I'm, 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 I'm on board. I'm ready to reprise my role. Um, so yeah. And it was one of the best experiences I've had on stage. I mean, I just remember standing backstage and the excitement, mm. uh, the excitement actually when the show, like when the, the opening number hit, I was lying in a bed on stage mm-hmm. in the orphanage and all that lone trumpet sound. I forget that lone trumpet. And it just, it, it's like the bagpipes for me. It just sinks in. There's mm. something very palpable and pining about it that I, it's extraordinary. It's the, the one of, I'm going to say the, the best overture beginning in the whole canon. Mm. The whole musical theater. I don't know. There, uh, there, I got some other overtures that I like a little bit more, but that one is no. still Brody and I. Brody, it's Brody. simple. It the reason why it works is it's simple and it's it that pining is Annie. That that trumpet is her voice. Right off the top, we get that sense of um, want. We get mm. the intent in the overture, which. Is in, it? They just. It's so good. It's so good. I don't know. That gypsy overture is pretty damn good. No, it's not as good. <laughs> I don't agree. It's good, but it's not. It's that single trumpet. Mm. Okay, so you. So that's how I performed I it. it. I okay. performed it. I love it. I've adjudicated mm-hmm. it. I've watched many versions of it. I've introduced <laughs> it to my children in all of its many forms. Um, it's far superior to other children musicals like Matilda. <laughs> um, I don't mind Matilda. Oliver, no, no. But Oliver is very good. Oliver is very good, but there's something uh, there's something n- too nice about it. Still, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like Annie is gritty. Depending on how you do it, yes, it should be gritty. Oliver should be gritty. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a couple of times ago we were talking about the um, Stratford version that yes. Donna Fjord did of Oliver. And that I you like, said was too was nice. Too nice. You were in Victorian London. In this, you were in 1930s mess heap of, of New depression. York. Depression. And it's dirty. It shouldn't be clean. These kids are lonely. They're mm-hmm. hurting. Yep. And life does life kind of sucks. You got Preach. stray dogs, you know, and they still find their way through with hope. And I think there's there's something very effective mm. about that. Fair enough. So that's how <laughs> I came to this musical. Fair okay. enough. Well, for me, uh, I was introduced to this musical through the VHS copy of the 1999 version at my friend's house. Is this the Walt Kathy Disney? Bates? Yeah. yeah, Kathy Bates version. And once again, fantastic cast. The yeah. music is great. One of my favorite orchestrations 
of of, of this musical. Like they lean into the brass and the timpani for it, and it's fantabulous. And I have to say, I love I love Carol Burnett, but Kathy Bates is by far my favorite Miss Hannigan because she plays Mm. the comedy, but yet she also plays the terrifying part of Miss Hannigan that makes her a real threat um, in this version versus Carol Burnett, where she doesn't feel as much of a threat to Annie as uh, Carol Burnett feels like she still has some nice quality under, under that heart of coal. Kathy Bates just feels like she's been pushed to the end of a rope with these kids and has now had a psychological break and is willing to go out and kill Annie to get the money. Like she is terrifying. Like that first scene she's in where Annie's trying to sneak out. Like her stakes are higher. Her stakes are higher. And then they're like, because once again, Kathy Bates is coming around playing a misery, which is what won her the Oscar playing like that psycho Annie Wilkes. Um, (laughs) Who keeps people locked in her basement. Uh, But it's that thing of like, that first scene where she come, where Annie's trying to escape and Miss Hannigan stops her at the door and just the flashlight hits Miss Hannigan's face and she just says, boo. And it's, there's just, there's just darkness in her. And it's like, I don't think Miss Hannigan is evil. Neither do I, which is why I think also Kathy Bates plays that two sidedness where she can play the funny. I don't think she's funny. I think she's, Someone who's at the end of her rope, which is what I, I, I... Yeah, she's at the end of her rope, but she's she's lonely. And we'll get into that with my one of my favorite songs. Like, this is about class. It like, is. Again, it like, is. Talking about someone who has to do a job that they don't really want to be doing because they have no other... Option. ...recourse, yep, right? absolutely. Like, and, like, Little Girls oh. is... That song. We're gonna get. And we're gonna get into that song. So it's a. It's an I want song. It is of massive proportion. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's really sad. It is, and we will get into that because that is one of my top three songs. So, <laughs> so save those notes. But uh, yeah, Miss Han- Kathy Bates, my favorite Miss Hannigan, because there's just more stakes with her, and she's someone who plays the complexity of that character really well. And because yeah. and, and it's Disney, they didn't make Miss Hannigan a drunk like they do with. Carol Burnett, where Carol Burnett is drinking in a bathtub of vodka. Um, Which is hilarious. It is, but at the same time, it... It's completely unrealistic. It's completely unrealistic, but it also just dampens the character because, oh, she's drunk. In this one, because it's Disney, they don't want Kathy Bates drinking. They made her multi-layered. It's great. I'm going to have to watch this version. I know. It's so good. It's on Disney Plus now. We're going to do a repeat of this after I watch it. We can do a live commentary of us watching this together. We're going to do a Patreon. Live commentary. Autumn Smith just expounding her opinions on this. Yes. Okay. And then uh, then I own the CD and digital copies of this version of the show. And yeah. So that's how I came to it. Have I ever directed... I did summer camp. No, I didn't direct it. I just sounded music instead when I had my choice. Nice. But my sister Madison played Miss Hannigan in her dance summer camp's production of uh, Annie. And I wanted to, to carry around an empty wine bottle, but apparently Maddie didn't think Miss Hannigan should be a drunk. So Well, good choices. Good choices, Maddie. <laughs> Love it. Um, but yes. We've sequestered Maddie in her room <laughs> while we're true. doing this podcast. God bless my sister. She's very she's, she's very accommodating. Awesome. Um okay. I'm surprised she hasn't pulled a Miss Hannigan by this point. I know. <laughs> <Sad recording. laughs> 
<laughs> okay, top yeah. three songs, Autumn. Let's do this. What is your number one? Is it maybe? All of them. See, that doesn't count. You gotta choose um, three. Come on. My top song is maybe. Not on my list. Go. Give me your okay, impression. Uh, I like I like maybe, but it's but there's I three think... better songs that I go to in a heartbeat compared to this one. Well, I, I look it. I it was the opening of the show. Mm-hmm. And for me it has in, immense sentimental value. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's it just takes me back. As soon as I hear mm-hmm. that da 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 I'm like, oh my god! I just, I'm transported back. Maybe far no, away. And I didn't even sing the song. Like this was not my song. This is very much Annie's song. But you were a Pepper. I was Pepper. Um, hey, if Andrea McArdle can step up to Annie, I don't think I'd want to be Annie. I liked Pepper. I'm Pepper's like, I like Pepper. Mm. Anyway, um, maybe just it. It's it's a searching song. Like it, it, she's it, trying to find yeah. answers, and she's she's a kid, and she's putting these parents that have left her on a pedestal, basically on a pedestal. And I I just find I it's it's such an interesting way to start a mm-hmm. show. Well, it's the show's called Annie, and the first song of the show is Annie, Annie. yeah, which is which is perfect. And it once again it set it's it sets up. Her and her and, and her her journey. It's her I want yeah. song, right? It's it, it, and the other thing is, like, I just imagine sitting there as an audience member. And you got this little girl singing to you. And you have this little and this is had never really been done before. Well, you gotta think Oklahoma did Oh What a Beautiful Morning. And But not by a child. No. Like, like, even in Oliver, Oliver, like, Who Will Buy and things like that. Where is Love? Where yeah. is Love comes a little bit later Yeah, on the first song of Oliver is Food, Glorious Food. Is Food, Glorious Food. So this is, like, and it's a young girl singing it. Mm-hmm. And that, her belt? Yes. Can you imagine being mm-hmm. one of the first people to witness that? Yes. I, like, it It chills me to think of sitting in that audience. Not knowing what to expect. hearing... Andrea McArdle for the first time. Like, what an absolute gift mm-hmm. that must have to see that potential mm-hmm. and the possibility of where we could go with musicals. Yep. With children. Mm-hmm. And that they're not silenced in the genre is so huge. And then you get Hard Knock Life. We'll get to that more song. Children. We'll get to that song. Ugh. It's great. <laughs> it's all great. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe your number one. Well, yeah. I will tell you, my number one is Little Girls. I was so, I, I was mouthing it as Max said. Yeah. Little cheeks, little teeth, everything around me is little. If I ring little necks, surely I would get 
an acquittal Some women are dripping with diamonds Some women are dripping with pearls Lucky me, lucky me, look at what I'm dripping with This is such yeah. a great, as you pointed out, this is a a really neat song because it's a villain song, but it also isn't, but also is a genuine I want song mm-hmm. because it's a mix of two. I mean, it it, 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 it it's, it's a great layered song where the actress, depending on how she wants to be as Miss Hannigan, can either be sinister, where she's talking about wringing little girls' necks and getting rid of them, or it can be played comedically. Like every parent has felt at some point. Oh, in absolutely! Their life. Every, every parent, every camp counselor, every there every were teacher, every teacher. Like there are every moments, person on the street watching parents. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's the thing about Miss Hannigan's song is it's so understandable. Where you just go yes. like, oh my goodness, you're stuck in a job you don't <laughs> like. And it's a job, unfortunately, that also has you dealing with kids 24-7. It's not like she gets to go home at the end of the night. No, no. They live together yeah. 24-7. Like, this is her only means of communication with and the world. And it's her only means of making money at this point. Yes. I mean, women were um, restricted from doing other work Well, also was time. the depression. So there was no job. So uh, there's the great line the of... Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there's a great line Annie has where it's like, Miss Hannigan, why do you hate kids? Or, no, how she go? She goes, she goes, oh, uh, Miss Hannigan, why do you hate your job? And, and Miss Hannigan goes, I love my job. I hate, I hate kids. And it's like, that's exactly who Miss Hannigan is. She's someone who is taking the lemons and making the best sour lemonade she can yeah. with this. And this song, it just has so many great hysterical lyrics. Like, some women are dripping with diamonds. Some women are dripping with pearls. Lucky me, lucky me, look at what I'm dripping with. Little girls. Like that's so like talk about a lower class person's mm-hmm. perspective. Oh my god, I buy my lottery ticket if I only win the lottery. Yep. And get She's out of this life. So relatable. And that's the other thing I like about this musical is it's relatable. Yeah. And that's why I'm almost loath to call Hannigan's song a villain a song. A villain song. I don't think any song should be a villain song. I think they're complicated character songs. <laughs> I think that's a better way to look at them. Fair enough. No, like we're not doing, um, you know. All right, maybe Charles the second Manson. song of, okay, maybe the second song of my top songs will be more the villain song. So we will get to that one. But oh, I think. I think I know what you're yeah, doing. But, oh, yeah, but Little Girls, it's one of the ones where it's so good. Like whether you like, in, in, as I said, it's a layered performance where it can be taken in so many ways as the actress. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those ways you can go. You, you can, it's it's a great character piece. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love little. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll rephrase it. I love the song "Little Girls." It's great. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. And if it's done properly, it's even better. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What's your number two? Oh, oh man, this is really hard. I have so many. I love this whole musical, guys. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to say Tomorrow Act 2, The Cabinet Reprise. Everybody, Republicans too, Oliver, sing. The sun come out tomorrow, so you gotta hang 
That is on my most skipped and Why cut is, song list. Why? It is the she Let me scroll is down. Lesson. Yeah, she no. She is the teaching. She no. is the person coming in and saying, you need to be the hope of a nation. It's, it's like in The Crown, when Harold Wilson mm -hmm. says to the queen, we don't want you to be normal. We want you to be... Queenly. The queen. Yeah. Right. And Annie comes in and says, you need to be the hope. Yeah, but... A child is the... A but it's done in such teacher. a way that it's it's so cheesy and over the top. And by the time we get into no. this part of the show, we've heard awesome. we've heard this Tomorrow Song song. I think this is like his third freaking reprise. It's like, it just keeps going. And, and if I was also the, the cabinet members... Not reprise are, two. Reprise one. All right. Uh, and then also the cabinet members are 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 seeing way over the top off key. Louder, Harold. There'll be some. So the president, when I'm stuck with an A, that's great. Stick out my, stick I my stick chin. up my chin and grin and say. And way all over the place. And no, it's just, it's so that's schmaltzy. A, that's a directorial choice. But it's so schmaltzy. Like, but if they use it as a searching song, like. But you like can do really it in such a better through. way. Like just have it as, sung it, like sing it sincerely and don't make it comedy. Just have Annie come and stand with the president and sing it to him. But it's just done in such a way where I just go, it's so cheesy. And it's, it's cringe cheesy. It's not cute cheesy anymore. It's now just become over-the-top, unrealistic cheese, and I don't like it. At, I, 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 there's a reason why it was cut yeah. from the other film versions besides the 82 one, because it, it, it's so... It's just, it's just, it's just cringe cheese, and that. I, but it doesn't have to be. No, but in I, my mind, it's not cringe cheesy. I know. In my mind, I know. it is a child teaching a lesson to the pre the highest person in the office. Person. Can you imagine Donald Trump having this sung to him? No, because there <laughs> is no hope with him as president of the United States. <laughs> there is only turmoil and deceit. <laughs> and when he is impeached, we'll all be singing the sun has come out. <laughs> Not tomorrow, but today. I don't know. This song, it, it, it was the first one on my list of the other list. It was right yeah. there. I knew right away where I was like, yeah, that song is going on there. Man. I'm it's sorry, Autumn. I, I, I love you, but it's, when, when you go full cringe cheese, I it just can't do be, it. Though. I you just have to listen to it for its, for its I get, I get what they're trying to do. And it's a beautiful thing they're trying to do. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's either being directed in a really bad way in, in, in the film version and then also in the 2014, or sorry, 2012 revival recording they did of it. It's just... So over the top. 
too well, too far. It's, it's like too who far. Will buy. Who will buy is so OTT. Yeah, but there's something hauntingly beautiful about that. Well, consider yourself. It's hokey and nutty as well. Yeah, but that's co- no, fun. No. I, I like I, I like I like consider yourself because it's artful dodger and he's and it's and it's just everybody just having fun in the market. This one it's supposed no to be No one has fun in a market when they have to steal for their piece of bread. Mm. It's very dark. <laughs> no one gets it. <laughs> This, this should be dark too. This well, is if they direct it proper, well, if you direct it proper, then maybe it will cut. I'll this, direct the, it. This show, will, this song will come off my list. Good. All right. You want my number two? Yes. Can you guess what it is? Easy Street. Yes. <laughs> I love this song. Uh, Easy Street. Easy another and this is a true villain song it's not though rooster is, is a villain of the story if if hannigan isn't the villain rooster totally villain. is hey he's willing to murder a damn child for money like that's pretty they're, damn dark they're desperate okay you can be desperate but you don't but like killing stealing money uh, well it's even worse is you're impersonating this kid's parents who she's dying to know and miss hannigan exploits that and rooster is willing mm. to polish annie off for the money it's it's like it's dark. Like you're right. It's dark. It is. It's dark it's, and it's, it's evil. It's e- and this song is just like the epitome of sleazy 1970s Watergate big business New York, where it's just these few people in the world who are just slicking like greasing their wheels to make it through to Easy Street. Because, like, Daddy Warbucks, for all his money, like, he goes, see, I, I worked for I it. See it. I, I worked don't... for it. Rooster doesn't want to work for the money. He just wants the money. Because he's poor. Yeah, he also, he also just came out of jail for doing a stint for something. I forget. When he bribes the police to get out. I like, he's, know, he's not that. a good person. Rooster's not a good person. Hannigan, I will concede that she has some redeeming qualities. But Rooster, he like, he's the bad egg of the family that corrupts Miss Hannigan. But this. I, I would like to say, if they were born into a different situation, maybe Rooster wouldn't be the way he is. Could be, very well. Could be. I think he, I think in a time of desperation, mm-hmm. he works in a desperate way. It's true, and I mean, and I, and, I, and I do have in my notes, Rooster is an awful character. Yet you understand where he's coming from in his philosophy of getting to the top. Because you're right, That's like what we all want. It's true. It? We all want to be on easy street. All of all of but there, all of wars, all of everything yes. are based on this idea of becoming eat. something other than what we are not. Yeah, our whole industry mm-hmm. is based on becoming something that we are not. That's true. That's it. true. So they're trying to out, like they're trying to. Outgrow, out shenanigan their their status, um, their, their class. class. I get it. I, yeah, I get it. And the reason why, and it's the reason why it's my number two. It's such a great song, and the three part harmony between Rooster, Lily, and Hannigan is fantastic. And it's yeah. jazzy, like 
it, oh, I love it. Like, oh, and you should, you definitely need to watch seven. Kathy Bates dance with her mink stole during this song. It's because it is a yeah. hoot. She shimmies the hell out of that number. I can believe it. Like, it's so good. And it's so wonderfully conflictedly gray. And it's 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 a gray song where you, where you go exactly. where, where you go. I get where you're coming from, Rooster, but at the same time, like 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 morally, I can't condone no. what you're doing. But I get it. I get it. No, there's 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 reasons for all of our behavior, it's whether true. or not it goes with our moral code <laughs> or not. Uh, question, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's not like a Donald Trump, right? Mm. Or or a Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, like these people are moneyed, making very bad decisions. These yeah. are people working out of desperation. True, and killing a child is never the answer. I mm-hmm. don't agree with that, but you know, people when you were desperate and the depression was de- like oh, it was, it was it was debilitating. Um, and if they had the resources, they would use the resources they had. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyway. Okay, so Easy Street's my number two. Autumn, what is your number three? Oh, God. Oh, it's hard. I'm torn. Between? I'm torn between I don't need anything but you mm-hmm. and NYC. And NYC because of the star to be. That's who, uh, um, and, and, and that's who uh, Mercado plays in the 1999 right. version with Kathy Bates. Three bucks, two bags, one, one me. me. I love NYC. Yeah. That song. Like, as much as I like um, right. the other one that you mentioned, um, what was that one? Um, uh, I don't need anything but you. As much as I love it, it's a great father-daughter duet. I love NYC more because it captures the city. And, and once again, And once again, it, for a time in New York when it was such a dark, dismal cd place where you had porn room like shops oh all through all through times square it was dirty but yet you have this song that's bringing life and light back to this derelict city that everybody's kind of written off as this crummy place to be but yet the song is like bringing that life back or it's like no no like nyc look at it it creates that illusion that we've now bought into our whole lives now that nyc is this place but New York, New York didn't really start shifting until the the Disneyfication of it, which came starting in the eighties when no, or seventies really when no, they started cleaning up Times Square. Not with, even. Not. I'm gonna say the nineties because when I was there, it was not still it was not nice. Not great. It was great in a different way. Okay. It 
for me, it had more character. Any place that's been gentrified, I find a little boring. Mm, vanilla. It's van- exactly. <laughs> it is so vanilla. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's. I I find it. It's like gentrification is a, a for me. This might sound wrong, but I I but I mean it. It's the recolonization of space. Mm. Like it's taking anyone who is deemed not good enough to be in a particular space and putting money on it. Mm. So those people have to go elsewhere. Mm. It's like Regent Park right now. And you're like, where are these displaced people going to go? And how are we going to provide for them? And why are we doing that to their space? Um. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like. But the song that. NYC like, is like great. The song is great, but yeah, I, uh, I, New York was an amazing city. Mm-hmm. It's very clean now. They worked really hard on that to make yeah. it that way. Yeah, and clean is fine, but it's not interesting. It's touristy. It's touristy, but I was a tourist in the eighties, and I loved it. Mm, there you go. But yeah, NYC. NYC is a great song. Yeah. Love it. And I, I do I do like I don't need anything but you. I'm more than mouse. I'm richer than Midas. But nothing on earth could ever divide us. And if tomorrow I'm an apple seller too, I don't need anything but you. Because it's surprising. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the revelation. Together of, at last. Yeah. Together forever. That's the one. We're tying on um, That no one can sever. I don't need sunshine now to turn my skies to blue. Ooh, 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 ooh. I don't so need good. anything but you. You've wrapped right. me around. Oh, we're going to have the whole song. I know. It's so there good. Go. It's so, it is good. It's such a great piece. It's it, sweet. It's, and, it, and it's surprising. And, and, it's, it's, and like, it's a father-daughter duet, which is another, yeah. again, a really rare thing, like mother-son duets in musicals. Yeah. I also like New Deal for Christmas. And all through the land, folks are bawling. And filled with despair, because cupboards are but Santa's got brand new assistance. There's nothing to fear. They're bringing a new deal for Christmas this year. Yeah, that's a cute one. That is a cute I one. I like I like all of them. Herbert like I like Herbert Hoover was a, Hoover Hoover's a fun one. to thank you herbert viewers like oh yeah absolutely it's great it's great do you want to know what my third choice is yeah hard knock life it's the hard knock life for us it's the hard knock life for us instead of treated we get tricked instead of kisses we get kicked it's the hard knock life yay i love this song i i will know that none of my- my songs 
Or any of the ones that I sang when I played Pepper. That's okay. So funny. That's okay. Oh, there you go. Once again, this is a really neat song because it is the, it's the it's a, it's the second song in the show, but yet technically you could think it, 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 if you're doing classical theater, this would be the classical opening of the show. Sure, but you've added maybe in front of it, which is neat. But this is like such a great song. Like it sets up the world of the orphans, the world of this musical, where like the minute you see kids having to wake up at the crack of dawn to scrub the floors. That tells you right away what type of derelict, depressing world we're living in. I mean, it's a smack in the face. It is. Yeah, we're living a hard knock life, but it, that's how kids' vernacular goes. Like, they're, it, they're yeah. not prone to subtlety no, and it's, at all. And, and, and it's great because... How, oh, how am I going to put this? Um, it's, it's, it's twisted lyrics where, like... How do I... Mm, how, what am I trying to say? Where it's like... It's dark, but yet there's a happy tune to it, you know, <coughs> where, where, where like hard knock life. It's got the dun, 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 bum, 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 bum. It's got that happy, upbeat yeah. bit of music. Like it Love the Ladies from Les Mis, where it's that it do, plays do, 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 do. It's, it's playing the opposites it's where, playing the opposites. where you've got the great timpani sounds to it. Yeah. And it's upbeat in the music, but yet at the same time we get to what they're saying where it's um like like cotton like cotton blankets instead of wool, empty belly instead of full. Yeah. It's hard. But yet and at the same time there's another great It forces you to listen. Yes. And which I love. And, and you also can see why Miss Hannigan is the way she is in this song. Like, like where they talk about yank the whiskers from her chin, jab her with her safety pin, make her drink a Mickey Finn. I love you, Miss Hannigan, says sarcastically. Like you can imagine this poor woman is stuck in this house with these little like little tykes and they're driving her up the wall. And it's like, no wonder she wants to like polish you guys off and little girls. If you're like doing this to her where you're yank or you're trying to yank her whiskers and stab her with her pins and playing these awful jokes on her. Like uh, in the one version, they say there's a mouse and they stamp on her toe. So she's limping. It's like, it's like no wonder this poor woman is like ready to get rid of it. Call it in. And yet at the same time, it's like, who, what came first? Was Miss Hannigan cruel to you? Rotten orphans. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a great symbiotic relationship there where like they feed her cruelty and she feeds it right back to them. I know, but we always side with it, with with the children. It's true. Even though adults should know better. They should, but at the same time, these kids are not the nicest, and it's no wonder Miss Hennigan is the way she is. Well, there's, there's a reason why they're not the nicest. I know, I know, but there, there, there's a weird mix. It's almost like Bernardo in the Jets, where it's like, who started this turf war? It doesn't matter who started it. I there's, know. There's a rationale. I know. And apparently, right. the adult should be the, the adult in the room, but sometimes yes. when you're stuck with kids 24 7, you may lose that perspective because your closest adult relation is Mr. Bundles, the laundry, the laundry man, man who was played by Ernie Sabella in the, in the 1999 version. And it is so cute. And Him flirting with Kathy Bates is precious. I adore precious. Mr. Bundles. Mr. Bundles! <laughs> Comes on for one scene, steals one the show. Scene, steals the show. Yeah. Okay. So now our top three songs that this musical she either is either skipped or we would get rid of. Autumn's giving me the face of, I don't have any. I don't. Okay, I got three. And you I have three. And I gave you one, which is the cabinet song. 
Yeah, I don't get that. The other one is you won't be an orphan for long, which I think is one of the most lackluster endings to Act One. What a thing to occur, finding them losing her. Oh, you won't be an orphan for long. And Mr. Warbuck says that I'm going to be meeting my mother and father in a couple of days. So maybe now it's time. What a thing to Like, I'd rather end Act 1 with Easy Street and Rooster, Lily, and Hannigan all leaving the stage with their plot in hand. Because at the opening of Act 2, we establish what Warbucks is doing for Annie. And this song is kind of slow, and it's it's not that memorable. And we just repeat the plot point the minute we get back in Act 2. It's like, end with the cool jazz, you know, Easy Street, Easy Street. <laughs> That's where we're gonna Friends, no. be. We're just gonna sing the whole music yeah. today. Um, but that, that, I will be that, starring as Annie. Can I be Miss Hannigan? Sure. Yes. I would actually pay to see that. Um, I I like it because it's him trying to. I think it's the way it's directed again. Could be, or just the way it's directed in the recording booth where maybe I don't know. It's just something about it where I, I just go coming it's, to. It's him coming to terms with. The fact that he's going to lose her. Yeah, but there's so many better ways you can do that song. And this one just, I don't know, like, the, like, like watch the Victor Garber version at the end of NYC. And you can see him there realizing he's falling for this little girl. And there's the worry in his face of, I may lose her if, if she finds her parents. There's a yeah. great way of going about it. And the song just is like, eh, it's lackluster. Like compared to some of the great act one closers. Yeah. This one just... But Act 1 doesn't close with that. It, it it closes with a reprise of maybe. Even even worse. No! We don't need a reprise of maybe. We've established the sun will come out tomorrow. No, but maybe is perfect here because it's it's taking us into the intermission. It's starting the way... It's, it's finishing Act 1 the way... Bookends. It bookends it, indeed... And it's her with more hope, but is true. that hope a good thing? Mm, that's true. It's a question. It's a question mark ending. Yes. I don't know. I like a big act one. I one know. day more. Huzzah. Yeah, but Phantom drops the chandelier. Life doesn't work that way. No, and it's true. That's why I also like the ending of Fiddler on the Roof in Act One, where Tavius is looking at God going, why the hell did you do this to me on the on, on, on on like the day of my daughter's wedding, you have it ransacked. Yeah. Like, I don't mind that ending either. It's just, eh, this just feels lackluster. All right. Well, Give me something big to go to, to go, to go, to go get my drink at the bar with. I like the simplicity of it. Cause we're left going, Oh, oh. is she going to find her parents? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Mm -hmm. Is she going to meet the president? And tomorrow? <laughs> Not in my version. Okay. What's your third one here? Okay, so I love the never fully dressed without a smile version yes. with the orphans. Yes. 
Uh, but I don't like the radio version that they sing first. This is Bert Healy saying, Hey, hobo man, hey, dapper dan, you both got your style, but brother, you're never fully dressed without a smile. Thank you, thank you, America. Your clothes may be a bomb-rommelly, they stand out a mile, but brother, you're never fully dressed without a smile because it because it's like we're seeing you're hearing the same damn song twice just give yeah. me the one with the orphans the orphans can open act two just like they open act one and you can hear the last okay. few triples of uh, of it on the radio like when they do the 1999 film version yeah it's great because you hear the last bit of that on the radio and then the kids just break into hey oh, oh man hey dapper dan hey i actually did that um for my for my little kid choir when I was growing up, I got to do the this is Bert Healy saying. And you want to cut yourself. Look no, at, I like the Orphan version. I don't like the radio star version that they do first. Okay. I'd rather them just because it's it, it's a repeat. Like in the recording, it's like you're never fully dressed without a smile, radio version. You're never fully dressed without a smile, orphan version. It's like yeah. choose one and just do it. Okay. Okay, I okay, I get it. Yeah, and and then then also it's just a rebrand of tomorrow. Just with, uh, just it's just talking about the same thing again. Yeah, it, it's, it's like let's just whip this dead horse let's already. Bring it. How yeah. much hope can we bring in? Yeah, All let's right. just keep dumping it in. Okay, that's it for me. Okay, um, autumn dear, we're now up to the best part of the episode. Oh, of, should it be revived? Does it still have a place today? Yes. I'd yes, say it absolutely yes. still has a place today. Yes. But just like our la- our last episode we just did about cats, where should it be revived? Yes. I go, it, sh- it should be revived in regional and community theaters because that's where this does best is when it's introducing kids to theater. Do we need it on Broadway again? No, I don't know. Why? What? So what, introduce it to kids. It's a great introduction. What should to- be on Broadway? I don't know. I don't know. Hamilton? No. Uh, Spring Awakening? Hell no. Rent? No. no. So why not Annie? I mean, I love Annie. <laughs> and, I, and I think, once again, just like Cats, if you want to make like, like, like make a good chunk of change, this is a great show. It's great for families. Okay. It is it's great. It's great for introducing kids to shows. But I think this is the place is really, I think this place really is with regional communities like yourself. Who did Annie, and it brought you into the world of theater, and brought you. It did, and it's fantastic that way. And that's where yeah. I think this musical does its best work is where it brings kids in. Like the amount of times I see summer camps do this show, and I'm like, yes, because you can see the little kids yeah. light up when they're all singing "Hard Knock Life," or I just hope they do it well and understand the larger. That's what I think. The Broadway um, stuff can do. No, I think anyone can do this show. Yeah, like which is what I like about it. It's a universal you know, show. Splitting whether or not you know it should be done by amateurs, but uh, like I think that uh, what I know about professional theater is you dig deeper because you have more time. Mm. So I think exploring the complexity of these characters, the complexity of it. Mm-hmm is what will make it a truly rewarding piece of theater to watch. Mm. And um, I wish community theaters had more time to explore Mm -hmm. uh, the complexities of of these things. Because 
you know, there's a lot of community, great community mm-hmm. theater out there. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think a lot of people give it a, a dust a, off, a, a, a bad rap, mm-hmm. and go, well, you know, but uh, you know, it's just about finding the complexities and mm-hmm. asking questions. But you need time to ask those questions. It's true. Um, and I think. That would be great. Yes. And we should have more funding mm-hmm. so we can do more and explore more and have more time. Mm, that'd be good. Within many theatrical Whether, realms. Yeah, well, Whether it's true. Being, a lot of rehearsals are now are just two weeks for a show. Two to three weeks and then that's it. That's all you get. Yeah. Which is not enough time to really dive deep into something. Yeah. You need you need at least a four-week rehearsal you period do. to really... Like, not everyone is Sean Stratford who gets the luxury of time, no, right? No, it's true. Um, I wish. Mm-hmm. I wish. Mm-hmm. Either way, uh, fantastic show. It's As you great. can tell, we both love this piece of theater. Um, it's brilliant. It is. And you should watch the uh, Encore episode on Disney+, Plus, yeah. where these lovely people from, I forget which part of the United States, get together after like... Santa tw- California. Santa California, who get together after like 10 to 20 years of not oh, doing no, this show. Oh, no, it's longer than is that. that. Is it 30? They did it in 1996. Oh, no. I so that's like 20, 20 plus years. 20 plus years, But yeah. they get back together to remount the show in five days. And it's a hoot. It once again shows the beauty of theater where you can see these adults get right back into it and you can see them buy back into this show and just have a great time with it. Yeah. And I have to say, 40 year old people getting dressed in little Annie Orphan wigs and costumes. I'm waiting. And and that drama teacher. Yeah. Peter Hinton. And that drama teacher in that episode, who's who's like a scene stealing old lady, (laughs) is fantastic. Yes. Who's that? She directs the she, show, doesn't know who that character is. She wanted to impress so badly. She yeah. kept going over her choreography. It's very cute. Soup? No bubbles, I think. Yes. Great. Beautifully articulated. Yes. It's great. It's, it's great. so beautiful. And you can see that the show brings out the love of theater in people. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it builds a community. And mm-hmm. that's, there's something to be said about doing theater in high school and this is why we should not cut arts funding cut a gym class you know what we cannot learn how to communicate with people on a computer it is the reason why we have depressed children is because they don't know how to interact with one another because we are taking away essential programming uh that is the arts so government get with it preach preach Get with it. All right, oh. Autumn. I do have a message from our lovely uh, composer, Brody. Oh, nice. He has a project that he has been working on oh so hard, and he would love for us to let us uh, let our audiences know about it. So as okay. you know, Brody, our composer, is also a hip-hop uh, artist in his mm. own right. Uh, he is doing a collaborative EP between himself and a producer. Uh, named uh, Wavy Matt. So congratulations, Brody, on that. Nice. Uh, the project they're working on is called Wavy Flow, and it is released in early uh, 2020. So stay tuned, everybody, as we're now in 2020, so a lot should be coming out in the near future. Uh, you can also find them on Spotify at Father Flowses. Autumn, where can they find you? You can find me at Autumn DM Smith on Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Or you can contact me at my 
business account, mm-hmm. which is littlewoodsmith.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm at littlewoodsmith on Facebook and Instagram too. And Autumn, what are we working on right now? Oh, oh. Because we'll, because so by the time they hear this, we'll be in mid-rehearsals yes. for this show. Um, well. Actually, you'll probably be right during tech week. Cause oh my lanta! Because this will be coming out towards the uh, end of February, early March. Max just gave me a heart attack. Everyone, um, we are working on "Oh What a Lovely War" by Joan Littlewood, mm. who is an extraordinary was an extraordinary artist, um, community engaged practitioner, um, one of the first genius. She was a genius, and it is an honor to be going back and revisiting this beast of a show, which is exciting. So, what more? More to come. Yeah. Follow us on on our on our Insta handles, Facebook yes. handles. Um, you can AKA find our at yeah. blank. <laughs> yep, you can find me at Mackenzie underscore Horner, uh, and you can please follow our social medias. Every week, we are posting either fun facts about the musical that is coming or Feel free to take a stab when we do our uh, clues of the week when we are about to reveal yeah. our episode. It's always fun. We see some people guessing, and we will always interact and say, close, great uh, great idea. So smart. Exactly. We do all that type of fun stuff. You're a genius. Yeah. And please let us know, have you ever performed in Annie or any other community theater show that holds a special place in your heart? Please. And if you have video clips, send them. Yeah. And we will watch them and give you a shout out. Absolutely. Because we cannot get enough of Annie. It's true. Absolutely. Not enough. Not enough. And I think that's it for ever this time. So the sun will come out tomorrow autumn and our new episode will be announced next week. Exciting. See you then, everybody. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Bye.